0: The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the hosts and the guests.
1: Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of Two Millennials One Podcast. I'm your host, Abby Richmond.
0: And I'm Ethan Gable. And today we are joined by the often mentioned Sean Mainz.
2: Greetings, listeners. <laughs> Good to be here.
0: Today on the pod, we are talking about the media. And before we get started, I'd like to encourage you all to subscribe to this podcast. There are a lot of listeners, but we always want more. Please share share this great show.
1: On all of the social meds.
0: Meads, I like it. <laughs> so as I said, today's topic is the media. I think we should kick off the conversation with just discussing what media we consume. Abby, hit it. Where do you get your information?
1: So for the most part, I get my information um, from the New York Times because I'm subscribed to that and it sends updates through my phone. And then I listen to NPR on my way to school and things like that. And then that's about it. Other than like Facebook and the few people that I watch for their breakdowns on social like happenings. I listen to Hassan D. Piker. I think I've mentioned him before. So, yeah.
0: Sean, what about you? What media do you take in?
2: Um, I am a media connoisseur of sorts. I get a lot of news through Twitter. I follow C-SPAN, New York Times, PBS NewsHour, USA Today, The Economist, but only for the headlines because they make you pay to read the articles. CNN Breaking News, NPR Politics, NPR Planet Money. I follow Nate Silver, GovTrack.us, which is like uh, updates on what the House and the Senate are doing, but also some inside takes on what the president's up to and some other things. I follow KHS Print the school newspaper, um, of which I am the sponsor. KTVO Television, particularly Fred Beck, Kirkville Daily Express, Jason Huntsicker, and Matthew Asher specifically. I follow The Atlantic. I follow government officials like Ben Sass, Senator Bernie Sanders, Senator Claire McCaskill, Senator Roy Blunt, Representative Sam Graves, Governor Eric Greitens. he is a real joy. (laughs) The real Donald Trump. Government outlets like Missouri State Government, Missouri House Communications, Missouri Senate Communications. I follow the United Nations. Uh, I follow Morgan Spurlock. I'm not quite sure if he is considered news or not, but I sure like his words. A very liberal think progress. And just the other day, I followed Fox News. Uh, I needed to be more fair and balanced. I like to watch TV. (laughs) KTVO. Is this like excessive amounts of news? Not at all. Let's hear them. Okay, so I do watch KTVO periodically, uh, the 5 and 6 o'clock news. Uh, I feel like at 10, they're just regurgitating information. Although, that's the best time to get the finals on the sports. Fred's at his best at 10. Uh, ABC World News Tonight. I do listen, like Abby did, to NPR on my way to school. So that's like 10 to 20 minutes every day. And then I follow or subscribe to podcasts like The Daily from The New York Times. Uh, Quick to Listen is from a Christian magazine, Christianity Today, Radio Lab, investigative reporting on a podcast called Reveal, Economist Radio, This American Life, and my favorite podcast of all is this one that I'm so happy to be guesting on today, uh, Two Millennials, One Podcast. So yeah, I I would say that I'm pretty well informed. Quite the list.
0: Yeah, four minutes of Mainz's media sources. I love it.
2: (laughs) I feel like I need some credentials to be on this particular episode.
0: My media consumption starts off at 5.30 every morning. I plug my headphones in, tune to CNN radio, and I go on a run. I do listen to NPR on the way to work as well. Glad we all three have that in common. At lunch every day, I stream Fox News on the school computer. Uh, that's my fair and balanced point of the day. Uh, read a lot of Reddit. and has a lot of headlines for me from the Washington Post and a variety of other sources. Um, and then sometimes I end my day on CNN. Uh, definitely not as in tune to Sean Mines, but a little more in tune than Miss Richmond.
1: <laughs> i forgot. it. About- about all the like politicians that I follow on Instagram, like Jason Kander, were BFFs.
0: Are you really BFFs with Jason Kander?
1: No, I know a guy that knows him though.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. All right, so let's dive in. How do we all feel about echo chambers and this idea that social media or who we talk to or who we associate with traps us in a bubble where we hear the things we like to hear and we don't truly get exposed to different viewpoints?
2: Isn't that the algorithm in Facebook?
0: I believe it was. You don't see a lot of opposing viewpoints on Facebook. And I think Zuckerberg and those fellows got into trouble with that because everyone's kind of in their box and Facebook feeds into that.
1: I think that's a lot of my problem is most of the friends that I keep on Facebook, besides relatives and things like that, are of the same opinions and viewpoints as myself.
2: Yeah, I I definitely see that. I have an interesting take on that. I, I feel like I am intentionally bursting people's echo chambers and that causes people a lot of stress but at the same time like i've been thanked for doing that on on social media but the the problem with the echo chamber is like i don't or i didn't watch fox news except very infrequently i always wanted to do an experiment where i plug myself in or strap myself into a blood pressure machine while i watched shows like the 5 on fox news and listened to them discuss things in what they considered to be fair and balanced ways actually not what they consider to be fair and balanced ways what they have described to be fair and balanced ways
0: definitely i think they missed the mark on fair and balanced i will say as a young conservative if we're switching over to the fox news topic i watched a lot of fox news i remember sitting in my dorm room at college watching glenn beck rant and rave for for an hour every day. My
2: boy. Were you Glenn Beck
0: at the madness of Glenn Beck? Like uh, I was Glenn Beck in the I have a chalkboard and I'm explaining to you why Obama is a socialist.
2: See, Glenn Beck, like early Glenn Beck stuff was somewhat rational and reasonable. Something happened to Glenn Beck.
0: True. And to the point where now Glenn Beck apologized for previous Glenn Beck. He's like, I'm sorry. I tore apart the country with my chalkboard. I saw that. Do you know who Glenn Beck is, Abby?
1: For our younger listeners, let's explain who Glenn Beck is and what the hysteria surrounding him is.
0: Glenn Beck is an all-American white male who had a show on CNN for a while. He then switched to Fox. And during the switch, and subsequently, he sort of derailed. He thought that the country was going down under the leadership of Obama, and every day he would get in front of a chalkboard and describe to you how the socialist agenda was being worked out. And the spiral was happening live every day at 4 p.m. Uh, And then eventually he quit Fox News, and now he just writes for a magazine. Hmm. My cousin is his editor for his magazine, so I have a really tight connection with Glenn Beck, and I think maybe we could get him on the podcast sometime, actually.
2: That would be amazing. What? Yeah, I'm going to
0: try to work that now that I think about it, and we'll see if we can get Glenn back on Two Millennials, One Podcast.
2: So Glenn Beck is a media commentator. Correct. I mean, this is related to that idea of the echo chamber, but it's the commentary that we choose to listen to and people analyzing the news. So as we go through news creation in the publications class at the high school, we talk about the difference between news reporting and commentary or opinion pieces. And so we get a lot of this mixed up. And so you'll watch the news shows and they'll have the news and then they'll report something Donald Trump said something, Donald Trump tweeted something, but that that's the news, and then the, let's go to our panel, and now they're going to argue about what that tweet really means, and that's why I don't watch those 24-hour news. I don't need six experts telling me what his tweet meant. No,
0: I agree, and that's what, not to pick on CNN, I watch CNN frequently, but that's what CNN has devolved to. They will report news, and they will immediately have a liberal, uh, like a Republican under Trump, and then a old-fashioned establishment Republican just immediately debating what he said. You're exactly right. That's not news. That's commentary. And so much of what's out there, I mean, every Fox show after 1 p.m., every MSNBC show after 1 p.m., that's all commentary. That is all that is. I, I totally agree with you that we, we need to do a better job societally separating those two things.
1: I think that an interesting part of it is I'm not a part of listening to all of that because I have so many things going on from right after school until probably like six or seven o'clock and so then I start homework so I don't even get to see some of the news stations and things that are happening so I don't even get my news until everybody started commenting on it.
2: Abby let me ask you this you said you follow I don't remember the person you said you followed it was a very interesting name.
1: Hassan D. Piker.
2: (laughs) Yeah, is that a commentator? What does that person do? I'm not familiar with.
1: Yeah, he's a commentator. A lot of his most famous stuff is when he's refuting what Tommy Lauren is talking about.
0: Who is Tommy Lauren? You've mentioned him before. I'm not aware of this
2: individual. It's a lady, oh isn't it? God. Oh, it's a female. My apologies. It's a lady. Laren. I thought it was Tommy Laren. I don't know.
1: I don't know what her real last name is because Hassan refers to her as things like tomato lasagna and tomato lentils and like all of these other versions of like a T and an L. I don't know how to really pronounce her last name because he doesn't ever say it.
2: This is real like hard-hitting type of news commentary.
1: Definitely not.
2: Okay, well tell us more about this guy and then we can talk about, actually, let's not talk about Tommy (laughs) Laren.
1: No, he, Gable needs to know. Okay. Tommy Laren boils my blood more than anyone on social media. Intentionally. She gets on there. Oh yeah, it's definitely intentionally and I subject myself to it every time. So she gets on here and she starts calling liberals a snowflake. No matter what the circumstance is, she's just attacking people. She finds some way to put her agenda into what Every news story has come up and it's just like, hey, there was absolutely no need to drag a political party into this because there's an actual news story happening and her facts are never right and like she just spews these loaded things and it's just very frustrating and so that's Tommy Laren.
2: It's only frustrating to you because you're a snowflake. Yeah. <laughs> I know you know what I mean by that. That type of commentary is beyond what CNN and Fox News do. That type of commentary, this social media YouTuber type of commentary that they are out to get clicks is particularly damaging to our society as a whole. They're not reporting news. They just want to spin that news as hard as they can to get it to bounce off of whatever they can to get people like you fired up so that you watch it to get angry at how stupid she is and people who like her get fired up because they're like, yeah, get them! That is dangerous and it happens on both sides so who is this other guy that you're talking about i don't know this other guy either is he the flip side of that you just happen to agree with him
1: yeah basically he went to college and got a bachelor's of business administration and then also he's a poli-sci major he's the most gorgeous man ever and he's a snowflake and so he just gets on here and basically fact checks a lot of what she says and tells the world that like that's not necessarily what's up and kind of just gives the other viewpoint. So she's an extreme right, he's an extreme left.
0: Do you think subjecting yourself to such polarity on either side is healthy or is that a balance for you?
1: Probably not. I mean, as long as I, you know, listen to what <laughs> the far right is saying, I personally already stand far left. So maybe I need to listen to some centrist views, but that's just one of the things that I'm listening to. So I think if I start having more of a balance, that it'd probably be best rather than listening to just one or the other. Sounds about right.
2: Yeah, that idea is an important one. If we're going to, if our society is devolving into just polarities, encampments on extreme views, which I don't believe that it is, but I think that's where the news media goes. Like CNN got called out in the election for missing Trump. And then they've always been, the Clinton News Network by like a lot of the people I know that will never listen to this podcast. You know? <laughs> sure. Uh, so CNN, after the election, went through the whole fake news thing uh, that is still happening that Trump has kind of co-opted to be his own new and different thing. But Trump's version of fake news. So fake, fake news, not real fake news. Just to confuse everybody. But CNN has kind of jumped on this board. I mean, you listen to more CNN than I do, Ethan's. So would you agree that like CNN has just come out of the closet? Can I say that? Is that appropriate in this case? Sure. Uh, that they are now just the opposition news source instead of pretending to be or attempting to be, if we want to be a little less biased, attempting to be a centrist news source.
0: Oh, 100%. CNN is filling the void that Fox News occupied during the Obama administration. They are the opposite of the administration. They are the constant check on the administration. It is very biased. Their cards are on the table. Yes, they will pull in these pseudo-Republicans to defend Trump, uh, but usually it's the bottom of the barrel like Anthony Scaramucci fellow's. Their cards are on the table. They're out of the closet. They are full bore anti-Trump.
2: Yeah, and that's an interesting development to me because the idea that media should be or news agencies should be unbiased is one that I attempt to teach my students as we are writing news. Like, how can we back the bias out of this? You know, make sure that we're using ethical rules of finding and collecting information and writing stories of information and not trying to portray a particular viewpoint but instead representing the all. And we don't see that with these 24-hour news sources.
0: Outside of NPR, I will stand by NPR and say that's pretty good about just giving you facts. Not that they don't have opinions from time to time or commentary, but for the most part, if you look at those crazy graphs of all of the news sources, and like, this one's far left, and this one's far right, and this one is clickbait, and this one is true journalism, NPR is always like smack dab in the middle. Regardless of all the hate for NPR, uh, I would not group those in with the CNNs and the Foxes and the MSNBC.
2: Here's the thing with NPR though and it's another thing that we have to consider when we're talking about media bias. The stories you choose to run are going to be representative of the bias that you hold and so there are times when I, because I take my 10 year old son to school with me, there are times where stories will come up on NPR about topics that I don't necessarily want my 10 year old exposed to and so I've had to switch the radio station before and sometimes they tell you like hey this isn't going to be appropriate or we're going to use words that you know are not appropriate for kids but sometimes like all right so NPR if we're saying they're the, the moniker of being the center they still run a lot of stories on like this is what is happening in America with homosexuality this is what's happening in Palestine so they do run stories that hold or demonstrate a bias towards more left-wing views and I'm not saying that I'm not going to dispute the fact that they're centrist, but but they're going to be centrist if our center is NPR, And so bias is one of those things where it's really interesting. Like it's going to be unbiased if I agree with the bias. And so when I watch Fox News and my blood pressure is rising, that's cognitive dissonance. My, my viewpoints aren't lining up. And so there is something wrong with what they're saying, you know. And so when I listen to other news sources that more agree with my particular viewpoints and biases, then I could be happy. Oh, yeah, this is right. Uh, And then other times I have to change the radio station because NPR is talking about things I don't think a 10-year-old needs to listen
0: to. Yeah, if you're going to pick on NPR for that, we need to throw everyone under the bus here. CNN opened up New Day this morning with Stormy Daniels and how Trump had an illicit affair with her and there's a no disclosure agreement and stuff like that. So I heard the word porn star probably 35 times before (laughs) 6am this morning.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. So I I hear you all news, quote unquote news. There are going to be things that don't fit everyone's fancy or you do have to turn the radio down for your kids.
2: Yeah. And I was just picking on NPR because you love them so much.
0: I do love NPR. So here's a question for you, Abby. Why do conservatives hate NPR? Why do conservatives hate something that you listen to when you drive to school?
1: I don't know, man. Like I actually can't answer that because all of my conservative friends don't consume media they don't consume news i mean so like i don't i don't know what the problem is it's boring (laughs) what do you think about that question sean
2: i have very limited experience with rush limbaugh but if you're going to compare what rush limbaugh does to what NPR does yeah NPR would not be tolerable if you're listening to the way Rush is bashing oh he might use snowflakes too but you listen to that and like just the I, I don't know if it's the viewpoint I'm sure it is viewpoint stuff but just the angry rhetoric of yelling conservatives who are angry the next thing that's just gone wrong with our country and then the like smooth whisper tones of NPR narrative and reporters and commentators whispering into their microphones
0: That's an interesting observation. You're right. Conservatives yell a lot. Michael Medved, Mark Levin, Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson, Bill O'Reilly. Those are all yellers. And you're right. Like, hi, I'm Ira Glass. And you're listening to whatever show. You're right. That's exactly right. They're so soft spoken.
2: Yeah. And I really do think like NPR is not necessarily a centrist news source, but it has to be balanced by something. And the thing is, I don't know what the conservative version of NPR is. This is the problem that I have in finding a conserv I would love to listen to a conservative source that I found to be thoughtful and thought-provoking, and not just diatribes about the ills of our society. Speak to me about the advantages of, you know, supply-side economics and uh, the advantages of strong nuclear families. There are things, there are conservative things that, that could be discussed without it being just nonsense. And and I use that, of course, I'm biased in this case. But there is, there have been times when um, Shepard Smith has called out the president Yes And that to me shows a willingness to have a discussion about what's happening in our country That both sides are clueless on I don't consider myself a democrat I have progressive viewpoints I have some very conservative viewpoints as well There is no, there is no political party for me And there is no real media outlet for my particular viewpoints But that's a different podcast oh,
0: I understand I I did some research, as I always do for these podcasts, about why conservatives do hate NPR, and I think it boils down to the assumption that, since it's called National Public Radio, that it is funded by the government. So I looked it up. Uh, There's no federal funding that goes to NPR. They do get grants from the Corporation on Public Broadcasting, but that amounts to less than 1% of their budget. So that's a small, small little token from a government agency that provides for NPR, and that's why NPR is annoying. Uh, And that's coming up in like a week, and they're going to be like, hey, send you your money. You can get a gift certificate to Shakespeare's Pizza, and you can hear that for two weeks and you don't hear any news. I I don't get the hate for NPR. Clearly, I'm biased towards NPR, but I think conservatives need to go complain about something else because their tax dollars truly are not supporting that entity as much as they probably want to believe. Something else I found when I was doing research for a, a media episode, The Shorenstein Center at Harvard, the Center on Media Politics and Public Policy, they study news, and they have calculated the percentage of negative coverage for the first 100 days for the the presidents, and they do this uh, for each president. Bill Clinton, in 1993, when he became president, his first 100 days, he had 40% negative coverage. George Bush, in the year 2001, when he became president, had 57% negative coverage. Obama, when he became president in 2009, had 41% negative coverage in his first 100 days. And Donald Trump, who became president in 2017, in his first 100 days, you guys want to take a guess of what his percentage of negative coverage was? lot. I have a vote for a lot.
2: Is that a number? I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go 30%.
0: Donald Trump received 80% negative coverage during the first 100
2: days. Well, that's not true in my echo chamber.
1: Did he have more coverage than previous presidents?
0: Uh, I don't know about that specifically. I'm sure they did study that. I feel like all presidents are being covered pretty heavily those first 100 days, as that's what the majority of news is. However, you may have a point, as Trump is a quite a bit more eccentric than those other three gentlemen I named, and that may deliver more content.
2: Yeah, I have a lot of questions about what that means. What is media coverage, and what is negative? It seems like he has his sources of positive coverage, like 100% positive positive coverage from fox and friends sure i don't know i guess i was wrong with my 30 percent guess
0: i think what that points out what most people are going to say and i think both sides agree to this but the media as a whole leans left
2: Uh, uh, ah yes it does Like, that's the real knuckle scratcher there. Like, yes, it leans left because this is America. Like, the idea of a free press is a liberal idea. More to the point is it's anti-Trump coverage. Trump is a really interesting president who says a lot of really interesting things. I don't want to be included in this negative coverage thing, so I'm backing it off a little bit. But how much of this does he walk into himself? Even that, like, wow, 80% does seem like a lot.
1: See, like, I get that, though, because the majority of people around me absolutely hate him.
0: And I would agree with that. And I watch CNN quite frequently, like I said, and I'm on Reddit, and it is anti-Trump everywhere. And I get that that's not fair and balanced, but I think a lot of people and newscasters and writers, they're taking this as, like, a moral issue. The country is in peril, so we need to call this out. And I think that's what's this proliferation of anti-Trump that's gotten up to 80% of negative coverage in the first 100 days.
2: Alright, so I'm trying to wrap my mind around this, because some of the coverage that is anti-Trump or negative Trump coverage is ridiculous. Is everything that he does as bad as they say it is? No. Is it as important as they say it is? No. Is it an easy target that everybody can like get at and look at? Yes. But to say that something is biased just because it's 80-20, reality has its own position. Deep. If it's 80% bad and they're just saying, this is bad, this is bad too, that's good. Why do we have to make an equation that balances out the number of good things he does with the number of bad things he does? Is all of the negative coverage like, oh, he spelled, what was that hashtag, Confife or whatever? Confife. Yeah. yeah, so it's like, oh, negative news coverage because he had a typo. Like, seriously?
1: Is all of this about his presidency, or is this about himself? Because like he's a terrible person. Some of this news coverage about the fact that he's not cool, or is it about his presidency?
0: I think it's all of it. Mm. Trump is obviously he's a different character, but that's going to reinforce people's idea that the media is liberal or has a liberal bias.
2: That's I think indisputable. I'm like I think about the style of the last four presidents, you got Slick Willie. He's a smooth operator. Obama was, like, pretty chill. And then you got George Bush. And they're, like not even, like, policy-wise. Like, we don't even get to policy with Trump. It is l- literally just temperament. Like, can you believe what he said again? You know?
1: I don't even know what he's doing in office. Like, I just have a problem with him as a person.
2: Have we talked about fake news yet? I think we should. Okay, so fake news, according to Donald Trump is not the fake news that everybody else was talking about up to that point. And so this is where I think Donald Trump is really good at what he does. So fake news being the literally made-up news from Russian sites that people I know would post on Facebook pages. My favorite one, and you'll see this sometimes, and I call it out every time, that Sharia law is taking over Dearborn, Michigan. Like, no, it's not. Dearborn, Michigan City Council came out. No, nope, not true. People just dove on that so hard and shared and retweeted. That, that's fake news.
1: Like Owen Wilson coming to Kirksville.
2: Or Matthew McConaughey eating at Jimmy Johnson Kirksville. Yeah. National Choirs type of stuff has become a reality. And then Donald Trump in that interview where he calls CNN, the CNN Jim Acosta is like, Sir, can I get a question? Sir, may I get a question? And Trump's like, no, 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 you're being rude. No, you're fake news. I don't know, that really bothers me. Yeah, he
0: shifted what fake news is to just attributing it to things he doesn't like. That undermines true fake news. And now we're in this weird 1984 scenario where can you trust anything that anyone's saying? No. Is any of it real? Is it all fake? Yes. Did Matthew McConaughey eat at Jimmy John's? Is Owen Wilson in Kirksville right now? Abby, do you trust the media? Uh, I looked it up twenty seven percent of millennials think that the media has a positive impact on society twenty seven percent you think it has a positive impact? Do you trust it
1: uh for the most part, I mean, it just depends on how fishy it sounds.
0: so you're saying you use critical thinking skills to determine whether news is real or not,
1: yeah. Which I isn't the most scientific way of, of deciding whether or not it's real news or not, but it's what I have at my disposal.
0: No, that is the scientific way. That's exactly what you're supposed to do. Heck yeah. What about you, Sean, as the eldest of the millennials? Where are you
2: at? Yeah, I do think that news media and a free media does have a positive impact on society. It is an important check on government power, as much of an important check as my AR-15. <laughs> And so it has to be there. We have to have it. We need, in our polarized times, we need the Fox News and the CNN and the MSNBC. The unfortunate part of that is, like we started out with, the echo chamber, where that's all that people watch is their one show i'm gonna listen to rush on the way to work i'm gonna listen to the five when i get home or cnn on my run and cnn when i go to bed we do that without the balance and the onus is on the individual to balance their own media coverage
0: You bring up an interesting point. The media is providing a service, and this goes to the people to, like you said, balance it. Hershey's makes a ton of chocolate bars that I could go buy, and it's my objective not to go buy them all and eat them all. Humans need to be better about this. The media is not being necessarily shady in what they're presenting to us.
2: Yeah, I like your food analogy. You can't just eat chocolate bars all the time. Like, you'd need to have some broccoli. And I guess the broccoli would be whichever, whichever news source does. Doesn't fit your fancy.
0: Fox News is my broccoli.
2: You gotta have some broccoli.
0: Can we all take a podcast pledge for the remainder of the week? Try to balance our news consumption?
2: Yeah. I will have to up my
1: news consumption to balance it.
0: (laughs) All right, we're gonna wrap this podcast up. What an absolute treat it was to have Sean Mines here to give us his views on the media and all things newsworthy. Abby, do you have a song pick of the week for us?
1: I do. It's called Creature Fear. By Bon Iver, and that's how I say his name, but some people say it Bonivar.
2: Bonivare.
1: Okay. Yeah, Creature Fear by him.
2: Very
0: nice. Sean, you want to toss one out?
2: Yeah, I want to toss one out, but it's going to come from my playbook is uh, Bob Dylan, The Times They Are Changing. Ooh. Yeah.
0: Fitting. S- seems <laughs> like topical. This.
2: Yeah. Or maybe maybe a hard rain's going to fall. Uh, we are at interesting times. We are at a crossroads. Things are going to happen. Things are going to change. Don't know what they are.
0: I like it. Very topical. My song for this week is called My Thoughts on You, and it's by the band Camino, and that's the name of the band. It's literally The Band Camino. Give it a Google. Sounds like the 1975. I enjoy them. Oh, right on.
2: I've never heard of anything you guys have just said. (laughs) (laughs) Are we still speaking English?
0: (laughs) All right, folks. Thanks for checking us out this week. We'll be back next week with another enthralling episode. Take care, guys.
1: We'll be seeing you. Peace.